All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're live. This is number four. Um, today is Tuesday. <clears throat> it's um, daylight saving time. Savings time is over now, so it's pretty dark out. It's five o'clock. No, six o'clock actually. But anyhow, wanted to hop on here, get it done. As mentioned before, stay consistent with the process. Uh, put some pen to paper, rather in this case, put some words to the mic. And uh, yeah, just see how it goes. It could be a short one because I'll be honest, I don't have you know too much on my mind at the moment. I mean, eh, it's not true, but at least to talk about. But that being said, obviously we'll see how it goes. But I do have one thing, and I think this could, you know, this could be, this could be something. But this past weekend, this past week, really, uh, I've been keeping up pretty closely with the Kyrie Irving situation. So, if you're not familiar, let's see, Kyrie Irving is a basketball player, uh, Brooklyn Nets, and at some point, two to three weeks ago maybe less than that he he shared a link to this book um to this book slash movie uh you you can google that google it yourself if you're curious just type it in um Kyrie Irving shares link to book and you'll you'll come across it which is still available on Amazon at the moment interestingly enough and he got quite a bit of flack for it um So I think they had a game maybe a day or two after and there were people sitting sideline that had um, stop anti-Semitism shirts on. And then I think, yeah, I don't really know what happened after that, but essentially he, he got flack for it and... The reporters, there were there was a there was a interview where these reporters had pressed him on whether or not he was anti-Semitic, and so from here I'm just gonna paraphrase as best as I can from that specific interview, but obviously you can go and watch this yourself if you're curious. But essentially they ask like, um, do you apologize for? Um, being anti-Semitic, something like that, uh, and then also like promoting anti-Semitism. And his response was essentially something like he didn't use the words "I am sorry" or say something like "I am being anti-Semitic," which is, to my understanding, what the people, the reporters, were hoping he would say, or the people that are trying to say that he is anti-semitic that that's the kind of apology that they had wanted but he rather said something like i don't need to say that i am not anti-semitic because i welcome all walks of life i don't have hate towards any group and that again watch the full interview if you want to hear what he said but that was my understanding i haven't watched it in a second um but anyhow 
the apology the way he phrased that wasn't enough and to some people it was as if he doubled down on his take right like he he's not gonna openly in the way that we would like say that he is not anti-semitic and apologize and so immediately after this the nba the nets well first i guess two things happened probably simultaneously the Nets suspend him for five games minimum without pay. And then the NBA's commissioner, Adam Silver, I don't know if it's Silver or Silver, probably Silver, puts out a statement saying something like, uh, you know, expressing disappointment essentially that Kyrie wouldn't apologize for what he did. And uh, I'm going to have a chat with him later this week. Uh, so, yeah, he's currently. I guess serving his suspension and again I guess it's five games minimum so it could go on and they actually gave him like a checklist of things that he needs to to accomplish before he's able to return to the team again something you could definitely check out find for yourself but yeah so the Nets decided to suspend him Adam Silver puts out a statement and then of course like it's talked about around the NBA and you got people asked about like how do you feel about it do you stand with Kyrie do you not stand with Kyrie um so so many things many things to say about that I think first it's like it's another it's another situation that's part of a much larger problem that when it comes to media uh where you know you want the sensational headlines you want to be um like the, the controversy fuels business, honestly. Like, let's keep it real. Um, it gives them something to talk about. It gives them something to talk about with other people, right? Like, you get reactions to it. And I think in this case, it's kind of... At least for me, I'll say personally, I feel quite strongly about it because of the flack that Kyrie got for um, for not getting the vaccine. And that's um that's a much larger conversation too, honestly, which I I will definitely do at some point, I think, in length. But essentially I'll just say here and now that I actually supported his position. Um I thought uh I mean what can I say about it now? Like the right to make that choice, especially Especially given all the information, right? Uh, even at that time, like this is the beginning of 2021, the 2021 season, uh, which started, I want to say, in October, October, December. I'm not sure exactly, but at, at the latest, probably October. And at that point, I'm pretty sure it was it was evident that people with the vaccine we're still catching COVID and transmitting it. Uh, so the, I guess the rationale behind the mandate was kind of moot at that point. I don't know if moot is the right word, but, you know, in my view, he was justified for making that decision. It was a personal choice. It's a medical procedure. And yeah, we'll leave it at that. Unless there's anything else. I mean, yeah, like 
most of the NBA players were probably getting tested every day, if not multiple times a day. So it was it was perfectly reasonable for the for the for the situation to have continued. But I think the wrench in all of this, I'm sure the Nets would have probably tried to find a way, but the wrench in all of this was that at the time New York City I want to say had a mandate probably for all of its residents or something like that. I don't know if it was for the NBA specifically or like people in a certain type of industry type of work, but essentially there was a mandate at that time in New York City where ah maybe it was something to be in attendance. Um yeah, anyways, anyways. What am I trying to say here? You know, it's it's quite a lot, so I, I will be asking for some patience here. But anyways, he he didn't have to do it, but obviously he chose. So he he didn't have to. Uh, he chose not to get vaccinated, and my point is that he he faced a lot of scrutiny for that. Uh, for a variety of reasons, one like ah, uh, you won't do it, uh, so you can play basketball, right? Like your teammates count on you. Um, the Nets organization supported you a lot uh, throughout your time here, and you can't just do that. And then, of course, you get the flack where, again part of a much larger conversation but I can quickly say people that chose not to get vaccinated were were shamed stigmatized um yeah for for choosing not to and the rationale the reasoning behind that was something like you don't care about the people around you you're not taking COVID seriously um, that that's kind of putting it lightly. I'm sure some people would equate that to to being a murderer. Like you're just spreading COVID to everybody around you. So, I'm um, I'm sure many other people can can speak to this and feel this. Like if you know somebody that is unvaccinated, at least for the COVID vaccine, or uh or you yourself are unvaccinated can feel that that social pressure really uh, to get vaccinated. Like you heard it everywhere with all the mandates, all the media fear mongering. There was a, a pretty big pressure for people to get vaccinated. Um, so Kyrie was no exception. Right, and I guess super long tangent, but an important one. And I think again, a, a conversation on COVID will definitely come up at at some point in my dialogue. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, and again, throughout all this, out my intention is to be transparent and open, and you know, see where that goes. Even if that's uh, bites me in the butt later. But anyways. Back to the Kyrie thing. So this all happens, and then the the reporters, the media, they're going around trying to get reactions. And two, that 
stood out to me were Shaq and LeBron. So I'm pretty sure it was Shaq. They asked, they talked about it on uh, Inside the NBA. I think is what the show is called. It's pretty much the TNT. When the NBA has uh, host games on TNT, they got the halftime pregame show, postgame show with Chuck, Charles, Ernie. Super cool, like really cool show. Um, one of the best groups ever. But obviously they asked Shaq about it and he was like, yeah. Again, paraphrasing here, I'm sure you can find the clip on YouTube, but essentially says, yeah, there's no room for hate. You should welcome all walks of life. You should be welcoming. Don't be like that. Um, in my view, you know, just kind of wagging his finger for what Kyrie did or what he was portrayed to do. Um, and, you know, if you're being honest about it, pretty much throwing him under the bus, like, yeah. Yeah, throwing him under the bus. And then same with uh, LeBron James. Uh, so I want to say CNN somehow, somebody from CNN was able to ask him about, you know, how he felt about the Kyrie situation. And he said um, something along the lines of, Same as Shaq, pretty much. Like, there's no room for hate in this world. Like, how could you promote something that includes anti-Semitic uh, content? I don't stand with Kyrie, right? Essentially, I'm sure, again, all of this stuff, if you don't believe me, check it out. And it was, you know... I do my best to be unemotional about these things because I think uh, being emotional can cloud your judgment, right? But you do have, you know, we all have our biases, we all have our strong feelings, um, things that we firmly believe, our gut instincts, right? Like, okay, yes, some of it may be uh, BS, but, you know, there's some truth to that, right? And just seeing how quickly these guys responded with those comments like not even pausing to to ask like damn like Kyrie like are you really like that are you really trying to put out harmful content are you really trying to promote hate or even just asking the question like are we sure that Kyrie Irving was trying to promote hate in this situation by sharing that link no, we just jump quickly to like, how could he, right? How could he share that? And, you know, immediately to my mind, a, a, lot, of, a lot of things came up. But essentially, I was thinking, oh man, if the NBA really wanted to make a statement on, you know, crimes against humanity, why don't they be more vocal about the situation in China? Or why don't they cut business ties with China altogether? Obviously, that's probably not going to happen. So to me, the whole situation was just another example of virtue signaling. 
And I put this in uh, in an Instagram post. So if you're listening to this and follow me on Instagram, uh, I put it all there together. It was quite long when I look back at it. It's like nine, nine pictures on Instagram, mostly full. But I fired it off pretty quick. Uh, it was really just like a lot of what I was thinking and feeling at the moment. And again, I just tried my best to be like to speak on it as objectively as possible but you can sense there's st- strong emotions in there strong feelings in there um what else can i say about this situation i guess i i felt strongly about it because there's a this this is an example of a of a much larger problem that i've been observing and seeing in our time which is this concept of guilt by association and I actually shared this with somebody that reached out to me regarding my Instagram post so I'll kind of just talk about it now but essentially I explained it like if I share blank that gives other people enough of a reason to make the claim that I am in full support a follower or in partial support slash following of whatever it is that I shared, right? So let's say, let's take an easy example, right? One that I think most people understand. Like if I shared something that Donald Trump said, right? It's like, oh, like, check this out. Like Donald Trump said this and I thought it was pretty interesting to share with the world. There's a there's a group of people, there are people out there, small or large, medium, whatever it may be, that would say, ah, this must be a Donald Trump supporter, right? How could this person... And then that's kind of like the initial observation, but then it's like a... It's a spectrum, right? Or I guess it's gradual how, how much you can increase the the claims that you're trying to make so it goes like oh this guy maybe listens to donald trump or is exposed to donald trump or and then it goes to a supporter and a follower and then it goes to the unreasonable conservative and then it goes to the QAnon and the maga right the ultra lunatic right-wing types um trying to burn down democracy types and I explained it to this person that reached out to me is like yes there's some validity there right like if I'm sharing a whole bunch of content that comes from one person you probably have sufficient reason and evidence to say like oh this person must be you know a devout follower or a, a pretty big follower of whoever it is that they're sharing um but again it's when these claims begin to be uh, unwarranted right without grounds without evidence without any real context or backing or rationale behind it like based on the narrative at the moment in the past couple years given Kyrie's position on the vaccine given his unfortunate like situation now you would think Kyrie Irving is a pretty despicable human being based on how the media, a part of the media has tried to portray the man. 
But again, uh, based on this concept of guilt by association. But if you know him, it would be pretty reasonable to say like, yeah, like this guy doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like you're saying he is promoting hate, but I know the person. And yes, maybe they have some views that you don't agree with, but I would never think of this person to promote hate in the way that you are describing. So, watching, and and you can see this happen so much in the current time. Um, Again, the Donald Trump example is pretty easy. And you, so you, it makes people cautious. And I, yeah, like it'd be interesting to talk about what happens here. Like if I can talk about that, if I know, it, it makes people cautious, right? People won't be truly open about their thoughts for fear of that public shaming, right? Getting called out by their peers, like oh, there it is, another. Donald Trump supporter or another white supremacist, we got them, right? So people aren't going to be really open about how they feel, what they're thinking. They're only going to say what they think you want to hear, or they're probably just not going to say anything at all, right? And I'm sure there's so much there's there's many reasons why that is problematic or that could be problematic at some point um the examples that i know that i'm familiar with are essentially all of the totalitarian regimes that have occurred throughout history as i've learned about nazi germany the soviet union uh, maoist china cambodia North Korea today and I'm sure many many other places um, where people there were things in society that people could not say that were discouraged from saying um, and so they began to self-censor and buy into whatever it is that they're supposed to say right where had people had the courage or just you know the push to speak against what they were being told to maybe some of the atrocities that had occurred in these places could have been avoided maybe who knows right but that is the consideration right like anytime something is going wrong but everybody's buying into it it's really really hard to speak up against that um, for many reasons, right? Like, if you you want social approval, so you don't want to be the only one in the group that says something otherwise. Everyone's just going to be like, dude, come on. What are you doing? Like, get with the program. So you're going to feel that social pressure. And then in the context of these regimes, you've got, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff from losing your job, you getting arrested, family members getting arrested, to the worst case in all of these cases where 
you're you're being put to death and your family members are being put to death for whatever your perceived crimes are so there's um i think there's a legitimate case to to be cautious about finding guilt um guilt by associating somebody with something else right again there is some validity to that but I think we have to be careful. Um, there's probably been a lot of collateral damage in the past, you know, three, four, five years, maybe longer, where this concept of just Xing people out of society because they made, um, you know, many times legitimate mistakes and then other times, you know, trivial or I don't know, just out of context, mistakes that people will take out of context, blow up out of proportion, and kind of just uh, run with it, essentially. So, I guess that's a good place to, to pause and just kind of recap. This past weekend, I put that Instagram post out uh, again because I feel I feel pretty strongly about this situation. And again, it was an example of a much larger problem that I've been observing in in um, in our current times. And I guess the last thing that I'll say, again, I will admit my bias here. Kyrie Irving is a person that really resonates with me. Like, he's a basketball player, obviously. I love basketball as well. Um, he's really good, in my opinion. Uh, one of the most skilled players probably in history of the game I won't say the most but one of and but it was after the 2016 championship where I really started to pay attention to who he was because I didn't really know like to be honest I don't really pay attention to too many teams besides the Warriors but after they beat the Warriors in that 2016 series uh, I listened to he did some podcasts so I listened to him talk at length and you know the cool thing about podcasts is that Again, it's long. It's usually long, so you get to pe- hear people talk for an extended period of time. And uh, re- obviously, you don't get to know everything about them, but you do get a an idea of who they are. And Kyrie, I guess, just to put it simply, like he is pretty deep and authentic. Like you can tell, this is a person that is that reflects on his life, that pays attention, that has internal awareness of where his mind is and where his life is and what he's trying to get out of it and that process of self-discovery self-evolution it really resonates because I myself have kind of been on that path for a really long time and the more I learn I think that path is honestly never-ending it's really like a lifelong journey and that may sound corny but you know to me it's it really is like the way I see it. So anyways, Kyrie's a person that really resonates with me. And, ah, yes. Here's another thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, it's definitely related. I'll explain it as briefly as I can, just to you know, relate it to the Kyrie situation. But I think I could probably talk about this at length another time too. Uh, essentially, in high school, in my junior year... I was on the basketball team, obviously, 
And about four, five, six games into the season, something like that, uh, we lost a you know, pretty lousy game. And the next morning, our coach calls us to practice. And uh, at the end of it, he, he lists off like six players, including myself, and says, you guys are off the team. Don't show up to practice on Monday. Um, that's it. You're done, right? And so... Ah, sorry, I just blanked because I think I saw some thunder, some lightning, but I didn't hear it. But there was a big flash in the sky. Anyhow, I'm sorry. So he's like, yeah, don't show up to practice on Monday. But my and so my teammates and I are all perplexed, right? Like there was nothing building up to this that gave us an indication that we were going to be kicked off the team. Like, yeah, we played a lousy game, but, you know, it happens. That's sports. Get back to it. Make us run. Whatever. Sit us. Whatever, whatever. Um, he immediately jumped to getting us off the team. We show up Monday morning, all of us. Uh, we had decided, like, all right, we're just going to go to the practice. We're going to try to talk to him, see, you know, what he says. Like, if we can just understand. Like, that was our goal. Like, see what was up. Like, why, why are you doing this? And we show up to practice. And the first thing he says to us is, you're not supposed to be here, uh, go home, right? You, 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 and you, the six that he had called out. And we asked, like, coach, like, we just want to talk. We just want to figure out what's going on. And he doubled down. He's like, look, if I told you that you're not supposed to be here, you're not supposed to be here, please go home. And so the group and I, we had decided that if that was the case, then we would all leave together. And we did. Um, and this all happened over winter break. So what happened after that? We come back to school. We try to talk with the school admin. But at that point, they, they had already made up their mind. They decided that they were going to you know, support the coach's decision. Which looking back on it, was it's just so... The whole experience was pretty traumatic, I'm not going to lie, but I, I, at this point in my life, like, I can look back on it and speak on it, you know, as a thing that happened. But it was just so crazy, like, it is crazy to look back on that and say, like, dang, they, they didn't even talk to us before. Like, we did talk, and we did get to voice our our thoughts, but they were very upfront, like, look, we'll listen, but we're pretty sure we're going to support the coach's decision here so everything that we had said kind of fell on deaf ears and again there was nothing of substance that led up to this that is an indicator like none of us got in trouble academically at school outside of school like we were all solid um so there was never really any clear direct reason and honestly i still don't know to this day why he decided to kick us off but anyways it happened and the the response was pretty wild man like all the local news would come came and interviewed us at some point it was in the front page of the san jose mercury it was there's an article in sports illustrated um but the first few that had come out they were pretty man it's so wild like i feel like we got set up like the reporter asked us for you know questions and stuff 
but the tone of the article was you could you just sense that it was like oh these kids i mean gunnison was perceived as ghetto so that's probably how people interpreted it like these kids that are disrespectful and lazy excuse me don't show up on time yada yada uh feel like they are entitled to basketball like they don't realize that it's a privilege that it's something that you have to earn and um man i never forget it like they use one of the quotes from uh i won't say his name but i don't know if people know who he is maybe the people that i was on the team would know but anyways one of the quotes that they used from my teammates at the time was like uh we weren't that disrespectful like oh they quoted that and so the people ripped into that man like oh yeah it's just uh, these kids feel like they they deserve playing basketball they don't realize again that it's a it's a privilege and i'm like what i'm probably 15 16 years old at this time reading comments on the san jose mercury newspaper website um, hearing other people talk about it was pretty interesting too just in the basketball community like you could see posts about it and just like oh yeah these kids um when it was not the reality at all i guess is the point that i'm trying to make and so To some extent, I understand. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not in his shoes. I'm not in anybody else's shoes but my own. But I do understand to some extent what it's like to have in, to have your image painted in such a... In a way that is so inaccurate. That is so not matched up with reality. Um, and you're kind of helpless, right? Like... Everybody, almost everybody was like, yeah, these kids, they don't deserve to play basketball, right? Because, yeah, they just quickly jumped to that because of maybe Gunnarsson's reputation, maybe that quote, maybe the how we looked, right? But then also, like, the coach talked a big game, too. Like, he was really big on, yeah, I'm sure so many people have experienced it. Like, yeah, I'm going to get my players to college if they just listen and do the work and I'm hosting practices every day every other day mornings and evenings to help these young players out but they don't want to buy in I don't know why I'm doing a voice right now but it's essentially you know how he would uh, portray himself to the community and obviously all those things sound great but did he follow through on that did it feel like that was how he was trying to approach his players not at all and I think if you talk to anybody that's been through um, been coached by this person and again I won't say the name but you can look it up it's yeah it's available if you talk to anybody you'll 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 get a pretty uh, you'll hear a lot of the same feelings honestly like yeah like he talked like that that he was going to help me go far get to college and it's just a lot of a lot of talk let's leave it at that so my point is that again i know what it's like to be painted in the wrong light to be portrayed in the wrong light however you say it so i really felt for Kyrie, um on that level i see the problem as more of you know societal wide like a much larger issue 
Um, I feel strongly. This is like basketball. It's the NBA. I feel strongly about that whole vaccine thing that he got ridiculed for because, again, like I respected the personal choice. And I know I didn't do as good of a job explaining, you know, all of that, which the next time I sit down to, to speak on COVID, I definitely will do a little bit more preparation. preparation. But I did reveal, you know, my position on that. And again, I did support him for choosing not to get vaccinated. Um, so I felt for him on that level too. And it's really interesting. Like I fired off all those thoughts pretty quickly. Like I was able to get them down pretty quickly. Um, but then obviously like I had to sit on it for a night before I actually made the post. Uh, just because, you know, in these situations you can choose to sit back, sit silent. Like I didn't need to do this. You know, um, Kyrie's probably not gonna get support from from my making this post. Um, but who knows, maybe, right? But all of that wasn't the point for me. The point for me was like, here's a situation where you feel like you need to speak up. Um, and I think that can probably resonate with a lot of people. You just see something in the world happening and then you just, it just doesn't sit right with you that this is happening and then you see other people you know jumping on the situation and exacerbating it and so quick to point the finger and judge and ridicule and shame that it's like no like we gotta pause and really think about this and um the people on my instagram it's quite interesting because i have you know friends from high school it's really friends from high school and then friends from ucla so it's a, it's a really a wide range of people because in both of those places I met people like that are really doing all kinds of stuff in life. And maybe that's true in, you know, wherever you go or maybe it's unique to San Jose and UCLA. Who knows? I don't know. Like Silicon Valley, LA, UCLA, a lot of smart, cool people. Not all the, the, of them, but anyways, you get the point that I'm trying to make. A lot of different people. Um... So I thought, you know, if I share this, it'll be, it'll be, it'll just be interesting for people to come across this, right? And that's really what it is. Like, just put these ideas out there. And if anybody else is thinking about the same thing or, you know, yeah, if anybody else is thinking about the same thing and has something to, to gain or add to whatever it is that I'm putting it out, putting out um, that that's, that's like a win for the world, in my opinion. And not that it matters, but I guess the, the cool part about it is uh, quite a few people did reach out to me uh, individually to to express their thoughts on the situation. Um, so I got to I got to hear from a variety of people, which is cool that I haven't heard from in a while. Um, so it, all that to say that it was scary, obviously, to press share. But again, as I've mentioned in previous recordings. I'm really, really, really trying to push hard on doing things that are scary. Um, and I'm really trying 
to be honest and direct with my words as much as I can be. Obviously being respectful, obviously not encouraging hate or violence, but being honest and direct and say what it is that's on your mind. Um, and that was and that was a that was a decent challenge, but I did it. Um, the world did not end, which is cool, which means I'm still alive to keep going. And I think that's a good place to wrap it up, honestly. If you made it this far, I appreciate you. Hit me up if you're interested in getting in on a conversation, sitting down with me, talking about this stuff, other stuff that's on your mind. Hit me up. But otherwise, thank you for listening. Thank you for making it this far. And have a good night.